I wonder if Jesus' mama ever told him there'd be days like this. Days when the Pharisees would be on his back like mosquitoes in the summertime. First for picking grain on the Sabbath, as if daily bread were a sin. And then for healing the man with the withered hand. I bet he wondered if they would know good fruit, even if the juices were running down their chins. A scorcher of a day when Jesus would heal a demon-possessed man, restore him to healing, to hearing and speech, and be accused of being a servant to the evil one himself. And then, as if such healing weren't as clear a sign of God's power as one could hope for, they had the gall to ask him for a miracle, for a sign. Is it any wonder that when his mother and his brothers came to speak to him, maybe to beg him to quit making such a scene, to just give it a rest for once, it was the Sabbath after all, he brushed them off saying, Who are my mother and my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Wouldn't want to be at the dinner table that night. So when Jesus, so when Matthew 13 begins with the phrase, that same day, it might help you to know that it was one of those days. So listen now for the word of God as it comes to us from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. That same day, Jesus went out from the house and went to sit beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much soil, and they sprang up quickly since there was no depth of soil. But when the sun rose... They were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But other seed fell on good soil. And it brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Let anyone with ears listen. Then the disciples came to him and asked him, Lord, 
Why are you speaking to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. See, to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But to those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason that I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them, indeed, is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed look, but you will never perceive. You will indeed listen, but you will never understand, for the heart of this people has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes so that they might not see with their eyes or listen with their ears or understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see and your ears, for they hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the words of the kingdom but does not understand The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown on the heart. This is what was sown on the path. And as for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But such a person has no root and endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown on the thorny ground, the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil... This is the one who hears the word and understands and indeed bears much fruit and yields in some cases a hundredfold and in some sixty and in some thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You've had one of those days, right? A day when you feel more like a boardwalk than a path. The soil so packed from the boots of others' needs or cruelties or the monotony of the daily routine that not even the rain could get through. Even if you are so thirsty for it, you could hardly speak. Or maybe 
you've had a scorcher of a day. And the sudden loss of a job or a diagnosis you didn't expect or the loss of a loved one burns through all the platitudes that once substituted for faith. And you're left feeling dry and brittle like the smallest breeze might carry you. God knows where. And who is God anyway who allows such days to exist? Or maybe it's a day full to overflowing with meetings and deadlines and play dates and swim practices and bills. Your to-do list so long you can almost feel it creeping up around your shoulders to wrap itself around your throat. Or maybe it's a day so full of text messages and Facebook posts and tweets and Snapchat videos and likes and comments or the devastating lack thereof that you've forgotten what the sun feels like at all. The cool breeze on your face, the gritty sand under your feet, the ocean spray. Maybe you've had days like this. I know I have. The church has days like this too or weeks, or years, some might say. Times when we are like a path so worn down and hardened by the way it's always been that the Spirit hits us and bounces off like a hummingbird off a double pane of glass. Times when the decisions of the General Assembly or the preachers we don't like or the sexual abuse scandals feel like so many boulders in our soil leaving us rootless and withering. Times when we are so bogged down in programming or process, so caught up in balancing the budget or preserving the endowment or perfecting the minority report that is now the substitute motion, that the good news seems as distant as the sun did yesterday. It's on days like these that Jesus speaks to us in parables. Parables of warning, yes, but also parables of hope and great promise. At first glance, it might seem like there's a lot more bad soil out there than good soil, and that sowing as the sower does, throwing seeds anywhere and everywhere, is poor stewardship at best. Unless, of course, like, Pastor Bill said the soils are people, in which case it can be awfully hard to tell good soil from the bad. And if you think, as I do, that at different times we have all felt like each of the types of soil, then all of a sudden scattering the seed widely and extravagantly seems like a brilliant idea. We were talking about this parable at the Bible study for the Church Without Walls that meets on Mondays downtown. And one woman said, you all know that I'm in recovery. And the funny thing is that the time when I finally got it, when I realized I had to change from the outside, my soil probably looked like the worst it had ever been. My life was a complete mess. 
And even though Jesus doesn't go this deep into his metaphor, it struck me that the best soil for growing things is soil that's all broken up and full of, well, I guess manure is one word for it. I can think of a few others, but they're probably not appropriate for the pulpit. But you know what I mean. So one hopeful thing about this parable that Jesus tells is the implication that you never know what kind of soil it is you're dealing with. Which kind of means that you have to treat everybody like good soil, right? Because you never know. And just because someone's soil is rocky or thorny or packed tight now doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. I know for me, when I finally got it, got that Jesus was more than just a character in a story, all that stuff that my church had been saying to me for years, that everyone is a child of God, that the important things were to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. All those seeds that the church had been sowing for years in what must have seemed like some pretty unreceptive soil finally took root. I did the devotion at the RBI baseball camp on Thursday. Coach Mike set me up perfectly. First, he warned the kids about how the misuse of a baseball bat could land them in prison. And I started to worry that maybe he was planting the wrong kinds of seeds in their heads, maybe even giving them some of them ideas for trouble they hadn't even thought of. But he ended by emphasizing how important it was for them to listen. Listen to their parents, their teachers, their coaches. Little did he know I was about to tell them a parable which began and ended with the word listen. And as we talked about the parable of the sower, I thought how easy it would be looking at that bleacher full of kids, squirming and distracted, many of them poor, and from communities where violence and addiction and jail are the norm, and college the exception. How easy to look at them and think that the word, any words, would be wasted on them. But I asked them, what helped them listen to God? And they said, being quiet. Being by myself, meditating. They said meditating. Reading the Bible, they said. And being around other people who will talk with you about the Bible and about God. Being in a sanctuary, they said. Those kids didn't need me to tell them. When I asked them as a test what Coach Mike had said to them a few minutes earlier, they repeated it back to me exactly. A lot of those kids were listening. Their eyes were bright with listening. One of the most hopeful things to me about the parable that Jesus tells is what happens when the word finds good soil. It doesn't matter how many times the word has come to nothing in poor soil. When it hits the good stuff, the yield 
is astounding. By some accounts, even the smallest yield, 30-fold, was enough to feed a village for an entire year. Now there are at least two songs that I know about that use that phrase, Mama said, there'd be days like this. One is by the Shirelles, and the days they are talking about are bad days. Days when the hope is eaten up or scorched or choked. The warning, knowing that there will be days like this, can actually be some comfort when you're experiencing one. The implication is that you're not crazy, such days are normal. But they're not the only kind of days, and they won't last forever. The other song, Days Like This, is by Van Morrison. And he turns the saying on its head by focusing on the kinds of days he hopes for. Days when it's not always raining, and there's no one complaining. Days when no one steps on my dreams. Days when people understand what I mean. Days when everything falls into place like a switch. When all the parts of the puzzle start to look like they fit. When we find ourselves struggling or on the brink of despair, Jesus' parables serve as a good reminder that there will be days like this, too. Days when the soil, broken up and full of muck as it seems, is actually just right. And the word takes root inside of us and begins to bear fruit like you would not believe. I like to think that one day, years from now, one of those kids that was sitting in those bleachers on Thursday will be standing in front of them with a microphone in his hand, telling miniature versions of himself how important it is to listen. Because you never know. You never know when the word you hear will change your life. You never know when the word you share will change someone else's life. Friends, we have been given a great gift in this word, this living word, this word made flesh. I think one of the reasons that Jesus spoke to us in parables is because he is one, and we can be one too. A parable of God's love. A parable that is worth sharing. Even on days like this. Especially on days like this. Amen?